Welcome back to the Get Stark podcast. Kind of feels like deja vu here, but we've got Robbie Jeffries back to talk more football. Just can't get enough. It's September and things are heating up. Robbie, what went down last night in Cleveland? Well, I think first, before we even get to Cleveland, we have to say that I think I have to be on this every single time now because KU got their win and they're on our streak. So every time now we have to just keep this rolling and, and until they until it ends, yeah, exactly. which is not going to end anytime soon. I mean, we're going down to Baylor. We're going to get a big dub. Come <laughs> back here. We're going to shock the world and beat Oklahoma State, and then we're going to be a win, maybe two away from a bowl game. <laughs> but not to uh, get things out of order. Yeah, last night is kind of the talk right now. Uh, a little a little magic happened in that right before halftime. Uh, a little Baker magic. Uh, he came in and. Uh, Led them to their first victory in what 635 days, I think it was something like that. Yeah, first win since 2016. Wow, that is, I mean, say that out loud for an NFL team the first win since 2016, and it's we're well into 2018. Obviously, they're not playing football for nine of those months, but still, that is uh, that is a long streak that finally came to an end, kind of like that road uh, defeat. A streak for KU. Yeah, no doubt about it. And it's kind of interesting to see uh, as the Browns are maybe starting to climb back into the radar of teams that might contend in the AFC. We've got the Cavaliers now heading the other way as LeBron leaves, and it's mm-hmm. just like, well, Cleveland can't can't necessarily catch a break. But, I mean, they got their Indians, and now they can be excited about the Browns. Probably shouldn't see paper bags at a Browns game for years <laughs> to come. Now, I know you're a bigger baseball guy than I am, but what are Cleveland's chances actually of uh, getting to the World Series and potentially winning it? I think Cleveland's one of the more under-the-radar teams when it comes to World Series odds. Uh, I would say 25% probably. Red Sox are super tough. Astros are tough. But the Indians are stacked, and I like their bullpen. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I would say so for sure. But yeah, man. So so last night, let's let's break it down a little bit. Tyrod Taylor, he's four of fourteen. He's thrown for about thirty yards. He's ran for another twenty. And I'm not watching, but I got to kind of follow a little bit on GameCast and see what was going on. And then I see a tweet, and it's uh, it was Skip Bayless, and it said Baker time. <laughs> you follow Skip Bayless? I have oh to because gosh. I always respond to uh, his stuff, especially because he's a diehard Cowboys fan, kind of like yourself, and he loves to hate on the Packers and Rodgers, so I've always got a word or two. Do not put me in the same Cowboys fandom nope. as Skip Bayless. I won't say that you guys are, are – <laughs> uh, it's apples him. and oranges, but he is in the same fan base as you. That's he, like he you claiming the same team. Stephen A. Smith. I don't know if you do or not, but – I love Stephen A. Smith. He's one of the best follows on Instagram. He comments on everything and it's hilarious so yeah but uh i was watching the game and tyrod was looking rough man he uh missed a bunch of throws it just looked like uh they had a series and people started booing as as, you know they would Mm -hmm. um you know calling for baker and it just kind of seemed to affect him and you know he wasn't getting his rhythm going they were doing handoffs to hide and he wasn't getting anything going and the offensive line looked like they weren't you know stepping up and then he he took a hit to his head i believe potential concussion and you knew that like something was about to change. And mm. then they punted. I think they got the ball back with about a minute and some change left. Baker came in. Whole stadium erupts. Baker completes his first pass 
to, I think it was Landry. I don't remember exactly, but I think it was Landry. Landry gets a first down. Whole place is going wild. He completes his second pass to, like, Njoku or something like that. Whole place is just about to lose it. Drives him down, and I, th- I think they ended up getting a field goal. They did, yeah. He uh, was three three of his first three, and he finished three of four on the drive. He did fumble the first play. Obviously, I wasn't watching, but he let him down, and they scored. Mm-hmm. And they got a little bit of momentum moving into the second half, which right. is kind of when he, I guess, took over the game. I was fast asleep, but... Yeah, I mean, so everyone's kind of in that, like, Baker took over, Baker did this, this, and this. And, and it was a good performance, especially for his first start. I will say you could tell he was a rookie. Like he mm-hmm. had he had a couple of silly mistakes, and he, and he had a couple of where he's holding the ball out, and he I think he was maybe credited with two fumbles, um, but no, he did kind of spark life into that offense, which was the big thing. And then people are not talking about Cleveland's defense, but they played great that second half. They let up two yeah. touchdowns in the first half, and then they kind of just clamped down um, that second half, and they were a big reason why they won as well. For three straight weeks, that defense has performed exactly. too. I mean, I'm not sure. Do they still have Joe Hayden, lockdown cornerback? And no, I do not. Joe's think, gone. I do not think Joe Hayden's on that squad. Wow. They have Demarius Randall. Randall, they, yeah. Cornerbacks love to leave Green Bay and then suddenly play much better than they <laughs> ever had in their entire careers. And they also have Denzel Ward, I believe, from mm, Ohio, Ohio State. Ohio State, yeah, yep. that's a nice. So nice I think corner. that's their tandem, and then. You know peppers, and then they have a, oh, yeah. a good linebacking core. Miles Garrett, mm-hmm. so that's, they have they a have a good defense. squad. Yeah, yeah, man. And and I honestly think that with the weapons that they now have on offense, granted, Josh Gordon's gone, but they still have Landry Njoku's a six seven tight end, really athletic. Duke Johnson can catch passes out of the backfield. Everybody was writing off Hyde, sell Hyde, no more Hyde. Last night Hyde bounces back with a couple touchdowns, and uh, my favorite back. Nick Chubb mm-hmm. is still waiting, kind of, you know, and he might get an opportunity this year. Yeah, so. I uh, I was one of the ones that was saying to to move on from Hyde, and and he had a really good game. His first half was kind of bad. They, he was getting a lot of carries, but like the first two games, he wasn't getting anywhere with the yards. He was averaging like two point seven yards per game, um, but he busted off a couple of runs when that that offense kind of got reignited with Baker. He rumbled in for two short touchdowns, which I think he has four touchdowns on the year. So he's definitely, mm-hmm. you know, going to be one of the top 10, five backs scoring-wise. And so that's kind of my my take for why he you should sell him. I don't know if those touchdowns stick around for the full year, especially because I do think eventually they're going to get Duke worked in. Yeah, he has I, to get more I, action. I, they, I mean, they've, they've been giving him like three touches a game. And sure, they won this game, but it was against, in my opinion, a bad Jets offense. And they're not going to beat these other good teams that are that are in the AFC and, and some of their other competitions. So if Hugh Jackson and Todd Haley want to win, I think they need to get Duke more involved. Carlos Hyde's obviously going to be the between the tackles guy, but um, in my opinion, their their recipe for success is is kind of spreading that mm-hmm. ball around. So definitely. And when you're down, you're more likely to be in situations where you see Duke in there catching some passes and PPR big time play right there. Right. So and also on the other side of the ball, I was surprised to see. Uh, I was kind of thinking Bilal Powell might have a big night. You know, he's always looking good running, and he catches a lot of passes. Um, but it was actually Crowell going up against his former team, scoring a couple times. and Revenge game. It was a revenge game. <laughs> and I kind of – I mean, that's the narrative that you see going into it, but I just didn't know that it would come to fruition like that. I mean, he didn't have all that good of a game, honestly. I think he had maybe 14 carries for 30, 40 yards. His, his, he wasn't getting much run, but – um, they gave it to him when they got close to the goal line. Mm-hmm. He found his way in twice. So Powell actually had the, the 75 yards rushing. So he, he actually looked like the better running back. He just didn't get the fantasy points. So mm-hmm. you got to kind of take that all and, you know, see what you can do with it because if you're looking for touchdowns, I think Crowell is your option there. If you're looking yeah. for consistent base yards, I think that's Powell. 
Yeah, I totally agree with that. Interesting. So we got to play a little game. Last week we did it before or after, and you were shooting it my way. Now I'm going to shoot it your way. And so the Browns' last victory, as we discussed, was in 2016. And I don't know if you know the date. Maybe you do, but... um, I have a rough idea. A I rough think idea. it was late in 2016. I don't know exactly, but I'm, I'm going to say like November, December, somewhere around there. But that's just my guess. Okay. All right, here we go. So was this before or after the Cubs beating the Indians in the World Series? So the Cubs would have beat the Indians in 2016, I feel like. I think I lived in Minneapolis that year. So I want to say that was... I want to say that that was that would have been November. So before, I think the Cubs beat the Indians before the Browns is like last last win, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Correct. That is correct. Okay. One for one. We're one hundred percent. Moving on to number two, Christmas of two thousand sixteen. Okay, so this one, if you know what day Christmas falls on, would be December twenty fifth. Correct. Which. I feel like it's super late in the year. I mean, there's only about six more days in 2016, and I and you have on this sheet that the Browns' first win since 2016. Mm-hmm. So unless it's one of those six days, I have to go with before. So, so <laughs> you're saying pause. so you're saying that the Browns' win was before Christmas, or that Christmas? Y- yes. Yeah. Okay. So oh. after. Yeah. 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 Okay. Sorry. Sorry. That was confusing. Correct. So Christmas was after <laughs> their their win. Correct. That was two super for two. Good. Two for two. Good thing there's not technicalities here. Yeah, no technicalities. We're good. We're good. All right. This next one might be uh, a little tougher. We've got Donald Trump being elected president of the United States. Okay. So when he's elected, so that's when they're voting, which is the second Tuesday of November, which is super tough to call. Um, that's going to be you know, around November 12th or something like that. Uh, I'm going to say, because I think it's in November or December is when the Browns one was. I'm going to say Trump was elected before the Browns' first win. And you're correct. Oh, is that three, three for, for three? three? Let's go. Three for three. I'm going to sweep it. You got to sweep it. And last but not least, the five-part OJ Made in America documentary airs. I don't know about this sweep anymore because I did not watch this. I heard it was really good. I have not dived into this. This is going to be a 50-50 guess. And since we already have two befores, knowing you as a guy that likes to keep it even, this Mm. is going to be after. Wrong. It was before. (laughs) And I didn't want to do two for two for that exact reason. I was like, no, we can't do it like that. No. So that actually aired in June. Oh, that's um, way earlier. I believe on NBC or something. And then ESPN after that. Uh, their last win, I believe, was on December 24th. It was on Christmas Eve. Oh, really? So it was that late? Okay. Yeah. And, uh, man, I, I, I can't quite recall the team. It might have been – I think it might have been the Jets or the Bengals, something like that. But I feel like we would have seen that stat. Their last one was against the Jets, and then they beat the and Jets. And then they beat the well. Jets yeah, again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But that would be a Jets move. A total Jets move. So, yeah, hey, three for four. That's not too shabby considering last week I'm pretty sure I went one for. So, <laughs> hey. We'll, we'll get you back. We'll, we'll the, bounce uh, back. We're exactly. going to have to bounce back. Um, so before we move on from that game, I mean, it's kind of crazy that we just spent uh, 10 minutes talking about the Jets and the Browns. <laughs> the Browns. <laughs> is Baker worth a flyer in fantasy football? Yeah, for sure. I think he, he is just because of what we talked about earlier with all those weapons. Uh, Jarvis Landry is just a guy that's going to get – he's going to get 100 yards, you know, almost every game. So that's, that's already going to help Baker. And then with Najoku – 
Um, Callaway's proven to be a really dynamic rookie. If they can just work on their timing on these deep routes. Um, and then if they ever decide to get Duke Johnson going, I think there's no reason Baker can't be um, maybe not an every week starter. He's not a top 12 quarterback every mm-hmm. week, but he's your backup QB on your roster that you put in if there's an injury or in that bye week for you know your starters like like Breeze and, and Newton and Wilson and all them. He can be that that backup. Definitely, and I think if you're in a two quarterback league, I probably would start him yep. with a little bit of confidence. Yep. So two quarterback leagues, you're starting 24 quarterbacks. I definitely think he's a top 24 quarterback it, yeah. as, as long as he's named the starter, which Hugh Jackson didn't announce that he was going to do, which yeah. I don't know what's happening there. But I guess that's the PC thing to do. Uh, Tyrod went out not because of play, because of injury. But, exactly. Uh, everyone saw the play differential between Tyrod and Baker. So yeah, the writing's on the say. wall. Yeah, definitely. Well, I mean, this is a pretty easy transition. We're talking about the Browns, and the next thing we're going to talk about is a guy who just departed the Browns organization, Josh Gordon was picked up, or more so traded for by the New England Patriots on Monday for a fifth-round pick. And, yeah. uh, I mean, what, what are we thinking? Is this Randy Moss 2.0? Is Josh Gordon going to take over that wide receiver one role for the Patriots? It's, it's so interesting because when the rumor hits that Josh Gordon is going to get traded or released on Monday, I think that was a Saturday maybe or, or for late Friday, I don't mm-hmm. remember. Saturday. I'm just thinking – for some reason, this has New England written all over it. I even tweeted that. You I was did like, tweet that. I was like, this, this has New e- Josh Gordon going to New England written all over it. And just because, A, they're hurting for wide receivers, and B, how many times have you seen the troubled, you know, can't always mm-hmm. play on the field, superstar going to New England, and then having this revival story. Um, and, and sometimes they're, they're not always the revival story. I know Ocho Cinco went there. I think Reggie Wayne even went there. Yes, he did. Um, and, and they weren't quite as successful, but... Um, we've obviously seen plenty of success. I mean, Randy Moss ended up going there and, Big time. and Best dominating his career. That was after he went to the Raiders, correct? It was, right yeah, after. So he, he was not good with the Raiders, goes to the Patriots when no one thinks he has anything left, you know, puts up that, that amazing uh, season. to get 18 touchdowns or something like that that 18 year. 18 touchdowns, maybe 1,600 yards or something. Yeah, yeah, it was crazy. So, I mean, we, we've seen Bill Belichick go after these talented players that if they go the Patriot way, they just kind of seem to fall in line and, and there's no issue. Um, I don't think he's Randy Moss. Uh, that's uh, that's saying quite a lot. I mean, Randy Moss is probably either the best or second best wide receiver of all time and very dynamic of a player. And Josh Gordon's obviously very athletic, and he had a, a really good year in 2013. But once again, we're talking about something that was five years ago. Um, he's still very athletic, but um, I'm not. I'm not, honestly not buying this. A lot of other people will buy it, but I didn't buy Josh Gordon's return to the Browns. Um, this, this past uh, year when he came back, I think what was it week 15 or mm-hmm. 14 or something like that, um, and he had a couple of, of okay games, and then people were getting pumped for him for this year, and I was still kind of you know off on it. I love the talent, but just there's a lot of different pieces that go with that, and part of it is him you know just staying with his stuff mentally, which he probably is doing. This was just, hey, you know, at a certain point, they didn't see eye to eye with the Browns and, and what he's given them. Or I don't exactly know what all went down in that, but if the Browns who, who – can definitely use his talent. Decide, you know, you're you're basically for free right now. We we don't need you right now. Um, if anyone's going to get anything out of it, it's the, it's the Patriots. But I think they have. Um, I, I don't know. I just think they have other options um, through Gronk and and uh, running game, and they do have Hogan and Edelman coming back. Edelman's so. coming back. James so. James White's a receiver out of the backfield. They've so, got weapons. Yeah. Days. So so can he be good? And can he play for him? Absolutely. People said the same thing about Corey Coleman. And mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, he could probably play for him, but I'm not picking him up. 
uh, no in chance. any leagues. And then Corey Coleman gets cut for Josh Gordon. And so if you told me in a couple weeks they signed Des Bryant and cut Josh Gordon, I wouldn't be surprised. Like, me either. So I, yeah, I'm not, I'm not buying. No, and I think people should not forget about Philip Dorsett, who is also sure. getting a lot of looks in New England. He looks good. Um, and the hardest thing with Gordon is just like you, you don't know if he's going to be able to stay clean and stay out of trouble. And, you know, you hope for the best with him, but uh, history often repeats itself. And as of right now, he's really struggled to even step foot on the field. But I will say if he's on the field, he's their first, if not second, most talented target, you know, him yeah, and Gronk. Yeah, yeah, I agree. He's, I've never had a question about his talent. Um, he's obviously an extremely athletic and dynamic player, but I, I don't know. It's just, and, and this doesn't even have to be exactly about his off the field issues. I think r- the reason they kind of cut him is he got injured during a, a promo shoot right. with his hamstring or something like that. So I don't even want to dive into his, his, you know, performance with off the field stuff. That is what it is. It seems like he's been doing really well with that. So I'm not going to question that that's falling apart. It's just, I don't know. It's just something always seems to happen with him and, we're still talking about something that has happened five years ago mm-hmm. when he was really good. You know, you're right. So th- th- you could say the same story for Sammy Watkins. You could say the same story for you know all these other players who they were good four years ago, and we're still hoping for them to hit because they're super athletic. But yeah. yeah, at some point you just gotta be like, well, I'm gonna go for a player that's actually showing it. A yeah. Randall Cobb who's actually showing totally. he's good, or you know, a, a Chris Hogan who's actually showing he's good. So those are the other players I'll go after. So hypothetically, you are an owner of. Le'Veon Bell and Josh Gordon plays this weekend, seven catches, 106 yards and a touchdown. And somebody offers you Josh Gordon for Lev Bell. Do you consider that? Yeah, I would. And uh, obviously it's kind of funny coming out of my mouth after I just said all that about Josh Gordon, but Lev Bell isn't playing football. And I know Josh Gordon wasn't, but you know, I think he is going to get snaps and he's going to get catches. I don't think he's going to be all that uh, fantasy relevant. He might get a couple catches here and there, a touchdown, a couple touchdowns throughout the year, but Let's say he, you know, he does well, or even if he does, um, you know, s- s- mediocre. Um, I don't think Bell's going to play until week ten at the earliest, if at all. I think he is fed up with the Steelers. He's going to wait until he is contractually obligated to say, "Hey, you know, you have to show up for this many uh, games to make sure that you don't get pushed off another year for free agency." And I don't remember exactly when that is. If that's week nine, if that's week ten, I think he'll show up for that week, and then depending on how it all works out. Um, contractually if he just has to play that week and then that counts as, as his week or if he has to play those six weeks um, I'm just not trusting that the, the team and him are on the same page and so even if he does come back he might be splitting time with Connor the team might not be you know it's all it's all about the spark as we mm-hmm. saw with Tyrod and, and Baker do they have that spark when he's in there on the offense like you know hey we're, we're going to bat for you because you weren't here for us like I don't I don't see that as a thing so uh, I do not own Ed Loveville anywhere. Um, I was actually pretty concerned when he was still holding out um, as we got close to the season starting, and that's when a lot of the drafts were going. I didn't pick him up in any leagues, and it's it's just the nightmare for Loveville owners is happening. And I would I would sell him for any fantasy starter that you could get, whether that's a flex player, whether that's a starter, wide receiver two, running back two. If you can move Loveville for a piece that you can start on a weekly basis, I'd be doing that. Yeah, I totally agree. I think it's one of the more bizarre situations we've ever seen in fantasy sports, Mm -hmm. just having a guy who is unanimously probably the number one pick if he's playing and with a team just decide not to show up. And uh, there's a lot of pride and ego going on with it. But unfortunately, I did take Lev Bell in one league because he fell to me 
and I say fell is in quotes uh-huh. at number six. And I was just well, number like, six is good. Yeah. You know, I felt like the value was there, but as each week passes, the uh, that looks like a worse and worse decision, but I did get to handcuff him with Connor. So I'm starting Connor in that league, which makes me feel a little bit better about it. But somebody did throw me out an offer this week of Gordon for bell. And you did it or no? Uh, I let it sit for a day and he canceled it. Okay. So curious if, you know, let's let's take Gordon off the table. There's another running back like a, a Lamar Miller, a Carlos Hyde, you know, one of these flex to running back too. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe a Philip Lindsay, mm. someone someone who has shown that they they're going to be a a starter for you some weeks and they're going to, you know, be a dud for you other weeks, maybe 50-50, 60-40. Is that something you say, "Hey, you know, that's good enough for me. Love Bell is not playing." Or you're like, "No, I'm just going to hold my my Love Bell share." He could come back week five and, and then be great the rest of the year. What are you doing there? It's hard because I love a guy like Philip Lindsay. I'm actually really high on him. Mm-hmm. But that name sparked it for you. <laughs> that name sparked it. Lamar Miller, no chance. Carlos Hyde, no chance. But I still think right now I trust my ability to to galvanize my team, to use the <laughs> waiver wires, to make trades, to yeah. get myself into the playoffs. And when you're in the playoffs, if you have a fresh Le'Veon Bell, I mean, this guy is going to run for 200 yards and catch 10 passes for 50 yards and score two touchdowns. And that's going to win you a league. So I think as frustrating as it is that you got to maintain that long-term vision of, you know what, if I have Le'Veon Bell in the playoffs, that's kind of an X factor. Absolutely. So I, I, I think that, yeah, I don't know. I, th- I think I'm holding. I'm going to hold on to my one share, and if I had multiple shares, I'd probably diversify. Yeah, it, it, it's only it's only week two, so I mean, you have plenty of time. Um, no one's. We haven't even hit bye weeks yet, so exactly. I think when we hit bye weeks, you'll have maybe a lot more um, options. If someone is looking like you know, hey, I want to try and take on that risk for Love Bell. I'm a three and O team or something like that. Yep. Um, and maybe you're the three and O team where, where you're like, hey, I don't need to to sell them yet. So very true. We'll just have to see what it is, but. Uh, let's jump into some of these uh, games that we that we saw last week yeah. and, and kind of talking about the Steelers. They scored a lot of points, but someone scored a little bit more than that. Yeah, the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas Ooh, City Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, that is uh, a six-touchdown man, ten touchdowns through two weeks. Um, I was going to save this for the end, but since we're just talking about him, buy or sell Patrick Mahomes as a QB1 the rest of the year. And maybe, maybe even further than that because QB1 means – He's top, 12. top 12. How about a, a QB top six or top yeah. five? I buy, I buy Patrick Mahomes. When we did our preseason rankings, I had Patrick Mahomes at 13. I remember okay. you commented on that on Twitter. And yeah. I was like, yeah, man, I I know this dude's got talent. I don't know about the offensive line, but I wanted to push him into the top 10. And I think I think he is a top five quarterback this year in fantasy. You know, I'm thinking Rodgers. I'm thinking Breeze. I'm thinking Brady. I'm thinking Mahomes. And outside of that, I mean, is, is Big Ben in there probably? I think those might be the, your top five. Um, You're forgetting about Fitzpatrick, so I'm kind of insulted by that. <laughs> Fitzmagic. <Yeah. laughs> the QB1, the only one who's scoring more points than Mahomes currently. He is the QB1. I don't know, man. Uh, <laughs> for some reason, I just don't know if his uh, frail body's going to hold up. But we got to enjoy Fitzmagic while we got him. Okay, okay. But, uh, yeah, so the Chiefs put up tons of points. Steelers uh, make a really good comeback effort, but unfortunately they just could not get a stop on defense. Juju Smith-Schuster outscores A.B. I think this might be two weeks in a row, yeah. for sure this week. He almost doubled him. Is, he might have doubled him. Is this something where where Juju needs to be put in every lineup all the time? Is this Because here's, here's my thought. When, when Le'Veon Bell is in that offense, Juju's the third option. 
sometimes, you know, fourth after you consider a run for Le'Veon Bell or a mm-hmm. pass for Le'Veon Bell, then a pass to Antonio Brown, then it's Juju. Is this something where now you can start him every week and you don't have to worry about anything? Yeah, Juju's a must start. I don't care if it's PPR, half point, uh, traditional. Juju is getting a lot of looks. If traditional. Look at Are we talking about wings now or what? <laughs> <laughs> Could go for some. But I think I think Juju's going to get tons of targets. I think he's going to rack up yards. Um, he's going to score. You know, he he is the he's exactly what you wanted Martavis Bryant to be when he was with the Steelers, and that obviously never evolved. But I think you've got uh, four must starts, and that's I mean, if you've got Big Ben, especially at home, you're starting mm-hmm. him. If you've got James Conner, you're starting him. A B starting him. Juju, you're starting him. Um, and I I don't know. I I was kind of I was fifty fifty on Juju just because I didn't know much about him. I didn't follow him much last year. Didn't own him anywhere but I am really remorseful that I didn't at least pick up a share or two of him this year because he looks real good. I remember talking with some of the guys in the in the dynasty community, and they were talking about how Big Ben's wide receiver two, it was the highest he had been with Juju last year. I think it was wide receiver like 18 or 20 or something like that is what Juju finished. Um, don't quote me on that, but it was something pretty high. But the rest of the year, his wide receiver two was finishing in the 30s and the 40s and the 50s and all over the place. And so – just going off of analytics and what was most likely to happen, Juju was being drafted too high for his mm-hmm. for his stock and where where he'd probably finish. But right now, that is not the case at all. And we're obviously only two weeks in, so we'll have to see where that goes. But uh, you did mention James Conner and how he's a must start. And so obviously, week one he balls out, has multi- I think he had a couple touchdowns mm-hmm. and he had a hundred catches and some yards. This week, I think he had only like 17 yards, but he saved it with a touchdown. Um, so I'm not sure if, if you were like, no, this guy's, you know, he's still going to find the end zone. It's a dynamic offense. But that 17 yards kind of, especially against that Chiefs defense, yeah, kind of had me a little concerned. I was curious what your thoughts were there. Interesting. I didn't, so I didn't know he only had that. I want to say he must have been pretty active in the pass game then. Maybe he caught five for 35 or something like that. Um, but I know he had 17 or 18 points. You'd probably like a little bit more in a game where there's that much scoring. But I just – I really think Connor, if he's their starting running back for 16 games this year, I think he scores 10, 12 times. I think he catches a lot of passes. Uh, and I think between his receiving and rushing yards, you can bank on him to be around 75 to 100 on a on a game-by-game basis. And obviously that is different when the Steelers play on the road because historically they, they don't play quite as well. And Big Ben's a, a home kind of guy. But um, – I don't know. As of right now, we're two weeks into the season, and there has just been an incredible amount of scoring. The Vegas lines are really high this week, and I think we're at a time where it's really, really exciting to be a fan of football. There's a lot of scoring happening, a lot of of fantasy points to be had. Well, speaking of a lot of scoring, that's right in the next topic of Fitzmagic uh, continuing. He only put up 27 points with the Buccaneers, uh, but just threw for over 300 yards. Um, I think he had multiple scores. I think he had three three more touchdowns to go along with that. And they beat the Super Bowl champions, uh, the defending Super Bowl champions in the Eagles. So I always love to see that. Deshaun Jackson, uh, another 75-yard touchdown. I think that's three touchdowns now for this guy. Those two are not looking like they're 35 and, and 32, 33 years old. They're looking like they're you know just coming out of college and they're just balling. Yeah, young guns. Um, I know we talked about it before, and I don't want to go on it too long, but does – if Fitzmagic wins this next game, or even if he loses it but plays, you know, decently, 
see the starter week four when Winston's suspension is done? Yeah, you have to keep starting him. I mean, the Buccaneers look like a contender um, in the NFC, and that offense is nice. And they don't even really, you know, I just wonder if they would have kept a guy like Doug Martin, who I still think is nice, or if they would have somebody who is a top 10 running back. Because I, I still, I'm not a believer in Peyton Barber. Maybe maybe either. I should be, but uh, I'm not a believer in the running back game. So if teams start to kind of drop back and, you know, if they're not respecting the run, then I think Fitzpatrick can get into a little bit of trouble, even though he has incredible weapons with Evans and Jackson right. and Howard. Um, so it, And maybe that's a team who makes a move for David Johnson. You make a move like that, and holy hell, nobody wants to see the Buccaneers, especially with that. I think they've got a pretty nice defense. So I think Fitzmagic, Fitzmagic it's his job. And Winston not necessarily is getting demoted as much as um, hot hand situation. You gotta Dak go with Prescott the hot hand man. kind of situation. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So um, I think we had we had talked a little bit in saying um, not only was Fitzmagic, you know, he was balling and doing really well, um, and and is Winston going to start? But you mentioned that that Peyton Barber, you know, hasn't looked that good. They drafted uh, Ronald Jones, I think, with their second overall pick mm-hmm. um, in the in the draft. He's been inactive for two weeks. Wow. Is, do you think that's something? I don't know if you know much about him or not, but he came out of USC. He was a really um, dynamic back, a little bit on the light side. I think he's like 205 pounds or, or maybe right on 200. Um, but he's literally been inactive. So obviously that coaching staff hasn't seen something because if you're inactive and the guys above you are – uh, Sean Wilson and Peyton Barber. There's, there's got to be something missing there. Just curious if you think maybe they uh, make him active and start giving him some, some run there to get that running game going. I would like that. I mean, I drafted him in like ninth or tenth round in one of my leagues, and I've already dropped him because yeah, I haven't right. seen any, any signs of him being active and playing. But I, I don't see how that could hurt throwing him out there and seeing what he's got, unless they're hi- hiding an injury. You know, I think that does happen from time to time. Right. Protecting your rookie. Yeah, in Dynasty Leagues, he was somebody that I targeted a lot. I have him in probably too many leagues, honestly, because he's been inactive for the first two weeks. But I had him in probably like four leagues, and and he's just been, you know, a a non-starter just because he's not even active for the game. So I'm definitely hoping that he gets some run. Like yourself, I'm not a believer in Peyton Barber. Um he, he slimmed down and he looked better week one, but he went back to kind of the old Peyton Barber way, just getting a lot of run for not a lot of yardage. So um, we'll see what happens there. Yeah, and, uh, I mean, it's definitely something to keep an eye on this weekend. We've spent this whole time talking about Tampa Bay, but the Eagles, you know, they lose, but they are getting Carson Wentz back, and I think that means an uptick in Zach Ertz. Uh, I think Ertz is going to start to look nice. Al Galore is going to continue being a nice target, especially until Elshon comes back. And then my boy Corey Clement started him last week. Your boy. I, well, I mean, he's a Badger. He's a Badger. Oh, yeah. I picked I him up. I love. I think I talked about him a little bit last week on the we pod. Did. I, to, I told you that, that that was my start or the, the sleeper right yeah. at the end. Yep, yeah, we both were we're both high on Corey Clement. So uh, I think you keep rolling with him. Ajay is out, uh, and as is Sproles. So they got him and Smallwood probably getting the run this week. And they're playing a Colts defense in week three. And even though that they, they looked pretty decent, I think they beat the Arizona Cardinals, if I remember correctly. Um, but they're they're it's the Colts defense. They haven't been good in a long time. So I think that's a, a matchup where I'm going to start as many Eagles as I can. If I have Carson Wentz, which I don't in a ton of leagues, I might be a little hesitant. Just, I want to hear, you know, pregame, is he looking, you know, normal? Is, it, is everything fine? I'll probably roll them out there, but um, yeah, I think they're gonna 
do well against that Colts defense for sure. Yeah, definitely. The Colts are in trouble. It's not looking good in Indy. I think that both Luck and T.Y. maybe have good games. Maybe you see Ebron get in the end zone again, but uh, it's it's going to take a little while before the Colts are back in the conversation of teams that are winning the game and kind of fantasy relevance-wise. But uh, the next game we have on the docket is probably the game that I want to talk about least. Packers 29, <laughs> Vikings 29. Uh Brutal, and I, I don't believe that ties should exist. I think they've got to got to change the system, and I'm curious what you think because, um, I mean, it's just we've we've got two ties in two weeks, and it's, it's sports, man. It's got to be a winner and a loser. Well, tell Mason Crosby to hit a field goal, and we won't have to worry about this. Hey, he hit the first one. <laughs> Shouldn't advise him. Yeah, I mean, ties suck, and and I haven't experienced a tie for my team lately, so I probably am not feeling what you're feeling. But honestly. I think there should be something where even if they just continue to play until someone can can score, I mean, I don't think it should take more than two quarters. We didn't think it'd take more than one quarter, but it's already happened twice this year. But with how dynamic that offense is, I'm surprised they – both of them are, are really good. I'm surprised they couldn't get a score. But, yeah, there there definitely needs to be something where you, you, you don't end with two scores that are the same. This yeah. isn't soccer. I do like soccer, but this is this is a little bit different, and I do not think that there should be ties. No. Do you think it's realistic to say a college football playoff should be implemented in the NFL? Well, see, that that's tough because I've heard that argument, and then I've also heard the counter argument of basically that's that's not the the game of football. You're taking the ball in the twenty, and it's basically the team with the best red zone offense that mm. can kind of score. Mm-hmm. So. Let's just take a, a team like the the Falcons, for example. Falcons have a really good offense, not a very good red zone offense. They struggle. People can double-team Julio. Yep. They're not very good. Um, maybe that's putting certain teams at disadvantage where you're only taking an aspect of the entire game and you're you're saying, hey, this is what we're playing now, and certain teams get an advantage based off of that. But then on the other hand, I'm thinking, you know, something that doesn't end in a tie is better than what it currently is. Mm-hmm. So um, I'd be a fan of, of some sort of stipulation where – uh, maybe they don't have to drive the entire field. Maybe they get on the fifty. That's exactly to, you know what I'm I mean. thinking right now. You know, yeah, maybe start the, on the, the twenty seems a little bit easy because I don't you're know. You're already just, you're already just, scoring you're at already the fifty. Scoring. The defense has a chance to make a stand. Right at the fifty, there if you have a good defense, you can make a stop. But maybe still do a full quarter, and then if they're tied after that, then you. Do, I don't know. I don't have the answer to be honest. I'm just going to complain about it. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I'm going to complain about it too because it's a bunch of bullshit. <laughs> But yeah, so I also saw that uh, that hit by Clay Matthews yeah. on uh, Kirk Cousins. It was clean. It, it nothing was nothing wrong about it. It was clean. I think a lot of people uh, agree with that take. And we thought the bigger issue was going to be maybe the helmet to helmet contact and and some of the issues that we saw in preseason where people were getting flagged for stuff that you were like, no, that's that that is definitely a fine hit. But this one's just a, a simple roughing the passer, if I remember correctly, mm-hmm. and. He doesn't land on him, doesn't hit him high, doesn't hit him low, hits him square kind of in that gut, chest area. Um, and, and honestly, this is part of the reason where I think they were able to extend that that drive. Um, uh, did they make the uh, – I don't remember. Can you walk me through? Did they tie it up or did they just did, couldn't get the win or what was it? Yeah, so this is at the end of regulation. Mm-hmm. Uh, Packers are up and – we got the interception. Clay made the hit. He really disrupted the pass. Thielen gets the touchdown off that, right? So I because because they throw it in and Thielen uh, doesn't look like he's going to be able to make this catch. Packers missed. Yeah, the and they catch, got a two point conversion, two point conversion to Diggs. So yep, yeah, they got that was what that. And it really inflated 
Cousins' stats, too. Everybody thinks that Cousins shredded us. But before that, <laughs> it would have been three touchdowns, two picks, and maybe 280 yards. Right. He ends up with probably almost 400 yards and four yeah, touchdowns. Game, so sure. that's, a, that's a massive game. But disappointing. Uh, to say the least, Packers should be 2-0 and and leading the NFC North, and now we are tied with the Vikings going into a pretty tough burn. matchup with the Washington Redskins. But I think one of the most surprising games of last week was definitely the Jaguars taking it to the Patriots 31-20. Uh, and from what I could tell, it wasn't really that close. I mean, it looked like the Jaguars kind of dominated in all facets of the game, and I'm wondering what you saw because I'm sure you got to see more of the action than I did. I got to see a little bit, and honestly, this this game, it wasn't exactly like the Patriots-Jaguars playoff game, but it kind of had that same feel where the Jaguars were looking good and, and they were playing really well, and then the Patriots kind of snuck back in it a little bit where it made it, you know, like the Patriots, they come back, they do this, they beat the Falcons, you know, in a quarter and a half of football. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the Jaguars were able to just slam the door shut a couple of different times on Tom Brady, and um, I know that... I had the feeling that after that Super Bowl, um, I just said the prediction that I don't think Tom Brady's going back to another Super Bowl. And that's a bold take because obviously, you know, it's Tom Brady, it's Bill Belichick, it's the Patriots, but they they have just gotten rid of so many pieces and it showed a lot in this game. When you have a very good defense and when you have a competent offense like the Jaguars does, they they were able to just stop the Patriots on so many facets, whether it was the offensive line not being able to protect Brady. Mm-hmm. They got rid of Nate Solder. So now, you know, who name one name one guy on the Patriots line. I've I got no I idea. They drafted Isaiah Wynn, great pick, guard pick. He's out for the year. I can't name one offensive lineman um, for them. Their wide receivers, I love Chris Hogan. I like Philip Dorsett. But that's not the wide receivers that normally have been getting it done. Mm-hmm. Um, they have Gronk, obviously he's, he's the big weapon. But then you know you go on that defense and they have some pieces. But I just think it's a very thin Patriots team that when you stack them up against some of these other teams, especially with one that has as good as a defense as the Jaguars does, they're just uh, they're just not quite the Patriots of old. Yeah, I think we have another AFC championship Jaguars Patriots matchup looming. Honestly, because you think about teams like the Chiefs. Steelers, they're great. They've got a lot of offensive firepower. They don't really have the defense to complement them. Jaguars' defense is as good as it gets. Um, and Bortles looks competent. You got Leonard Fournette, TJ Yeldon behind him. That's not too shabby. And what I really like is the, this little trio of receivers that the Jaguars have with yeah. Moncrief. They got D.D. Westbrook and, and Keelan Cole, yep. who might be the number one. Yeah, he's been playing really well, uh, had an awesome grab. Uh, whenever someone has a, a one-handed behind-the-shoulder catch, they, they do OBJ-esque mm-hmm. um, kind of catch. So he had one of those, and it looked really good. But, yeah, I mean, everyone kind of rags on Bortles all the time. But, honestly, between these first two weeks, going back to the playoffs against the Patriots, his playoff game, uh, I don't remember who the Jags played before. It was, it was it was the Titans, and that wasn't quite as good. But Bortles has been playing really good football. And it's, it sounds weird to say that, but – I mean, fantasy, he's always put up fantasy points, so that's a whole different conversation. But then even in now in real-life QB play, I mean, he's putting up points. He's scoring through the air. Fournette's been out. They haven't really had a running game. Yeldon's been fine. But uh, if if I say Blake Bortles is your quarterback, everyone goes, oh, man, that's got to suck. Your team's not that good. No, he put up 31 points with his number one running back out mm-hmm. and his best wide receiver's named Keelan Cole. Yeah. So I, don't, I, I just think we have this stereotype of, of Blake Bortles in our head that he's not that good and – I think he's taking that next step where he's he's playing good. He's a, he's a 
above average QB in my opinion. Absolutely. And I think they have Austin Safarian Jenkins. Yep. Do you like him the rest of the way as a tight end who you can start? Yeah, I, I did. I started him two weeks in a row. He he either missed or dropped a, a touchdown in the week one. I can't remember exactly, um, but just missed on one. And then I think he scored in this game. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure he, he scored. He scored like nine points, maybe he nine had, or eleven he had points, like and three catches and, and a touchdown. I don't yeah. remember what it was, but he, he got the touchdown. And for tight end, if they get the touchdown, that that's be, all that matters. They're a top five, top ten yeah. uh, tight end. So he got the touchdown. And I think most weeks you can say, hey, he has a good shot to get a touchdown. Obviously, he won't do it every week, but if I have um, ASJ, I'm rolling him out for most weeks, unless it's a team that just shuts down tight end. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good call. All right, well. The last matchup that we are going to review from week two is going to be your Cowboys against the Giants. I've got to say that if you're sitting down and watching every game from week two, this might be one of the least entertaining of them all. Uh, But there was some defense played, and I'm actually starting to become a believer in the Cowboys defense. Finally. Maybe a sneaky start in week three against the Seahawks. Yeah. Um, but what, what what were your thoughts? I mean, were you pretty excited about that win over the Giants? Yeah. So some people do not like a defensive game. I'm I'm a little bit different. I love obviously an offensive game. You know, you get the scoring, you get to see you know your fantasy stats go up. But when it comes to my team, if if I have not experienced a good Cowboys defense in so long, so to see you know them get three and outs, to the, see them get six sacks against Eli Manning, that was awesome. I don't think they've gotten six sacks in one game for years mm-hmm. that would be our before or after we can do that next week yeah probably since where exactly exactly so i mean to see a great defense that was really exciting for me um the offense came out explosive they scored a huge touchdown to Tavon austin right away mm-hmm. um then they ha- looked pretty good on their second drive kind of stalled out towards the end but got a field goal um the offensive line played way better than week one so they were kind of hitting on all cylinders right away kind of wore down a little bit um, as we got going um, but their defense was just stifling where the Giants weren't able to do anything. They ended up getting a late touchdown to make the game look close at 20-13, to 13, but this game was honestly just a domination um, of the Cowboys on the Giants' offense, but uh, they did get a couple scores um, at the end. But, yeah, I, I think, like you had said, the, the scoring is kind of lacking here, and I'd be kind of concerned if I'm a Giants uh, fantasy owner for you know OBJ, Barkley, um, Ingram at the tight end. Mm-hmm. I, think, I know that he got in the end zone, but... Eli just kind of looked a little lost, and, and the Cowboys' pass rush, in my opinion, is, is pretty good. But it is. But there's going mean, to be a lot of other teams that have good pass rushes, so if he can't yeah. get it done there, you know, that kind of makes me nervous for those offensive weapons going forward. Definitely. And, I mean, it's the offensive line, too. I mean, the Giants Absolutely. have a pedestrian offensive line. That's, that's being nice. Yeah, <laughs> it really is. And, and Eli's been trashed for the last couple of years. I mean, I owned him two years ago, and I paired him with OBJ, um, and I had a lot of other pieces, and he let me down week after week, scoring six, eight, nine points. And I just think Eli got us two rings. He's a Hall of Famer, but, you know, he, he's done. And that, and that begs the question, was Saquon the pick for them at, at two? And, and I know that we had this discussion earlier this week, and I, I think that Saquon is a, a talent that you only see once every two, three years when it comes to running backs. Uh, so I, I don't know that he was necessarily the wrong pick, especially with Baker off the board. I think Baker's by far the best quarterback in this class, and I'm not a huge believer in guys like Josh Allen. Um, Sam Darnold maybe has the potential to be something. But 
I mean, I know your opinion on this is different. Do you think they should have gone offensive line? Do you think they should have snagged one of these quarterbacks? What do you think the move is if, if Barkley's not the guy there at two for them? So I think it comes into, like, what your goals are, right? And so if it's my team, my goal is to get my team to the playoffs to that has a chance to win the Super Bowl, right? Your first goal is to make the playoffs because then anything kind of happened in the playoffs, as we saw from the Giants, who, mm-hmm. you know, beat the, the undefeated Patriots to win a Super Bowl. Your, your goal number one is to get the playoffs. Goal number two is to win a Super Bowl after that. And here's the problem. I think Barkley is an amazing talent. He's going to be a super good running back, something that, one that we haven't seen in a while. That's that's in my opinion, and that's not that's not different from a lot of other people's thoughts on this. Barkley is is really really good, but separate that from the fact of how do you get to the playoffs and how do you win Super Bowls? And I don't think we've seen a lot of teams say we're going to draft a really good running back and we're going to ride a running back to the playoffs and we're going to ride a running back through the playoffs to a Super Bowl. And I'm just thinking of the teams that have done that. I can't name you half of the players, half the running backs that the Patriots have had on their team. I mean, yeah. between James White. James White, and, but that was different. He know. wasn't like a running back per se. He was catching a lot of passes. Right, right. Even, I mean, they've won a couple years where it wasn't just James White, but I think. Uh, like Garrett Blunt was a part of a couple. Right, right. And and these guys aren't aren't high picks at all or even just workhorse backs. Let's continue back. I mean, Packers, when they won, who was their running back? I mean. That's what I'm saying. It, it was James Starks. Yeah, James yeah, Starks. Buffalo, undrafted um, out of Buffalo. Drew Brees, when they won, their running back was... was It, it was probably pre-Ingram. Yeah, pre-Ingram. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, just all, all of these uh, running backs, I don't think it matters for, for a Super Bowl winning team. Barkley's great, and he's going to change a team, but he's obviously not changing them to the point of where they're now 0-2 with a stagnant offense. Mm-hmm. And so if it's my team and I'm trying to get them to the playoffs, I think you have to take a quarterback there and with your with the number two overall pick means you can get the second best quarterback in this draft. And you know, there's five that were considered to be, you know, pretty good, have a first round talent. You know, whether you like Josh Allen or not, you can bring it down to four. But there's Sam um Darnold, there's Josh Rosen, um, that are two, you know, in my opinion, you know, they're gonna be starters someday. And so I just think if you have one of those QBs, you probably won at least one of these games. And you're probably looking at, you know, at least being maybe a little bit more competent this year. And even if you're not this year, it's it, I think it comes down to financials. And I don't want to dive into math too much, but you, you're going to have to pay Barkley, right? And let's see, it's his rookie year, so you got four years of Barkley. Yeah. You're not good at quarterback this year. Eli is going to retire, get moved on. They're going to draft a quarterback next year probably, right? Yeah, I would hope so. Will Greer from West Virginia. There it is. So let's say they get Will Greer. Rookie year, probably not doing anything crazy. No. Sophomore year, who knows? Maybe he could, maybe he couldn't. Let's say third year is when they're really looking to do that. Who do you have to pay now? You have to pay Saquon Barkley. You have to pay uh, Sterling Shepard. You have to pay Evan Ingram. Your offensive line, if you've improved him at all, you can't improve him by paying him a bunch because you're paying OBJ already. And now you're paying, you know, you have to save money for Barkley. You have to save money for... Either Ingram or you know, not to mention just, the defense. And, and yeah, we haven't even talked about defense. So just your financials, the the way that teams have done this with it's kind of what I call the Russell Wilson uh, mode, where you get a, a QB on his rookie deal who's cheap, and you surround him with talent. Defense is really good. You know, you have some weapons around him, Marshawn Lynch, mm-hmm. you know, Doug Baldwin, things like that, and you make him just better because of how who's around him. And I just think they missed on this opportunity to do that. Once again, love Barkley. I think he's a great talent. I think he's a great, even better guy. So I hope he has success. But 
for the Giants fan base, I don't think they're going anywhere this year. They're going to be getting a first round, early first round pick, yeah. and they're going to be just they just set themselves back another year to get a quarterback, and then the financials down the road, you're going to hit them. And I don't know, that's it's my be a mess. I yeah, hear. I like that take, man. I yeah. like that take. I'm going to stand by the fact that I love the pick for Barkley. Yeah, um, because I don't think there's guys like that that come out often. I think next year, like you said, I think they'll have the number one or maybe two pick. Uh, probably number one now that the Browns are starting Baker. And Don't forget about those Bills, man. Oh, yeah, the Bills. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah, that's true. One or two. So, I mean, there's there's some really nice linemen coming out. There's also going to be a lot of quarterbacks to choose from. Iowa State's got a stud. I like Will Greer a lot. I think he might be a second-round pick. So Drew Locke out of Missouri. Drew Locke out of Missouri. People are really liking him, too. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll see. Oregon's got a guy. And the Giants are definitely in trouble. But at the same time, they got a lot of weapons too. So, right. you know, you never know. They're probably going to sneak a couple wins this year. Saquon is really talented, really great when it comes to fantasy. But you're right. I did a little research, and the last running back to win Super Bowl MVP was Terrell Davis oh, uh, in wow. 1998. So, just a couple of years. Just a couple of years back. Yeah. Maybe, <laughs> maybe running backs don't matter as much as we thought. It is a passing league these days. And that even goes against what my team did with with Zeke and mm-hmm. I was all about them getting Jalen Ramsey I remember that draft day I was like Jalen Ramsey was my thought and there was a lot of talk about Zeke because you know that was Jerry Jones's guy and they ended up going Zeke and at first I was disappointed but then obviously Zeke started doing well and they tried that mentality of surrounding Dak Prescott with a lot of talent and it worked really well until Aaron Rodgers had completed a pass to Randall Cobb yeah. uh, and ended up beating him but um, I do think that's the way um, you go about building it. So, you know, if they do get the right pick um, at QB next year, he does have a lot of talent around him. They need to improve the offensive line. They need to improve that defense. So that could be their, their mentality going forward, but it has to be in this next, what, two- to three-year window, mm-hmm. probably two-year window before so. they start have to pay people like Ingram and all these other weapons. So Definitely. And they got to get Eli Manning out of Dodge. Yeah. It's time to go. Who's who's their backup right now? Because didn't they break his career start streak like one week last week or last year? And now that I don't even know if that person's on the team. Was it Geno Smith or? Yeah, it was Geno. I think. I yeah. think you're right. And then they had a guy named Davis Webb who they who they signed in, with their third pick in two years ago draft. And I don't even know if he's on the team. So they might not even have a backup. So they have to go with Eli. I'm not sure, but. Um, Let's kind of move towards a little thing I call buy or sell. We already did one of them, but I kind of want to know your takes on some of these. We've been through two weeks of the NFL. Is this something that you're buying or is this something that you're selling? Are you ready for this? Mm-hmm. All right, let's start with David Johnson, the running back. He's really struggled with the Cardinals. The Cardinals' entire offense has struggled. Do you buy that he's a bust or are you selling, thinking he's going to be able to turn it around? I'm going to sell that because we got Josh Rosen coming up here, and I think, think so. that changes – the momentum for David Johnson. I think he's going to start catching some passes. Uh, as I recall, he had a real tough matchup with the best defense in football last week, the Rams. Mm, that's very I think true. things are going to change a little bit for David Johnson. And you know what? I think he's going to be in a Tampa Bay Buccaneer by the end of the season. Oh, whoa. We, we, we went from buy or sell to hot take central. <laughs> we already talked about Patrick Mahomes. You are liking him as a top QB, maybe top five, top six. So let's jump down to Philip Lindsay versus Royce Freeman. Are you buying that Philip Lindsay is the lead back in Denver? I am buying that with everything in my savings account. Wow. And it's so disappointing because as a Royce I, Freeman I went in on Royce Freeman, and it was really like a blind pick. Because I'd heard a lot, but I didn't know. I was unaware that he 
had no interest in catching passes. Uh, I know he was a beast at Oregon, but the thing is, is when you play fantasy football, you got to get those points from receptions, and Royce Freeman is a blocking back. So Philip Lindsay's looking really good. Uh, I think he's a stud, and I think they're kind of a, a, a running back duo. Like Freeman will right, get the goal line right. carries, and, uh, and that works. I mean, look at Melvin Gordon and Austin Eckler. Those are two backs that are putting up monster numbers. Yep. Uh, unfortunately, Freeman's not putting up monster numbers, but two backs can certainly get it done. It doesn't have to be a one-back show. Agreed, agreed. So last one is, and we talked about this a little bit um, when we got into the Steelers, but they're 0-1-1. They have a tie and they have a loss. You're right. And they play, who did the Steelers play? I don't have it on the top of my head, but um, we'll look that up while you're you're thinking about this. Do they make the playoffs? Obviously, they made the playoffs last year. Uh, they were a Jesse James touchdown away from potentially beating the Patriots, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't get that, and they get knocked out. Are they a playoff team this year at, after two weeks, and they're 0-1-1? I do. I think they're a wild-card team. they got so much talent. Bell can still come back. And, you know, initially you think it's crazy that this team tied the Browns, but now we see the Browns, uh, they almost beat the Saints. They beat the Jets. They've got a nice defense. I don't think that ties as bad as we originally thought. Uh, I think they end up going probably nine, six, and one, or eight, seven, and one, and they snag a wild card spot. And you know, it's just big. Big Ben makes big plays, and uh, yeah, I foresee them definitely getting in in the AFC. That uh, when you think about the AFC, there's teams like the Dolphins who are two and zero. Oh, they're going to end up being seven and nine or eight and eight. There's some. There's not. It's very top heavy. I'll right. say that about the. AFC. Right. So I think you're right. They will start to get some wins, but it's not happening in week three. They take on the Bucks and Ryan Fitzpatrick. Oh, Fitzmagic. <laughs> is it in Pittsburgh? Uh, it is. Gosh, I just closed it out. Let's see. It is. No, it's in Tampa. Oh, dude. They the, are they are favored, the though, by are. a point and a half. So it's kind of a pick em game because that's, that's at, a fun game. Yeah, that's going to be a good one. I think that's the night game now that I'm looking at a little it. Sunday night football? That is a Monday night game. Ooh, that's how we finish off the week. Love it. I love it too, man. So, okay, so you are buying them. I'm actually going to go the opposite way. I do, I'm not buying them to make the playoffs. Le'Veon Bell's not there. Antonio Brown's skipping practice just because mm-hmm. he doesn't want to be there. Sketchy. Or, and maybe he wants to be there, but he's, you can't just skip practice. No, Get out of here with can, that. You so, can't just skip work. Mike Tomlin is maybe losing a little bit of control of this team. Um, so, Hot seat. Yeah, I mean, dude, if they don't if they don't do well and they miss the playoffs, I can easily see he's them gone. moving on. I mean, he's been tenured for a long time. He had a success early. They they made the playoffs last year, obviously, but um, this this team has too much talent not to make the playoffs. And if they drop this next Monday night um, against the Buccaneers and they go to o two and one, that that's not going to make the playoffs, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Yeah, no chance. Well, let's look ahead. Um, you know, we got week three right around the corner. But before that, we've got KU, our Jayhawks, taking on the Baylor Bears. And I know there's some analytics that have the Bears winning that game. Uh, what, do you, what do you think, man? Are we going to get our third straight win and uh, start 1-0 and in the Big 12 for the first time in probably a decade? <laughs> we'll do another before or after for that as well. <laughs> uh, they are – the Bears um, are favored by 7.5. So KU's getting 7.5 right now, but we're on the road, so – Normally for college teams, they always give them about three points mm-hmm. here there. So it's it's pretty close to a field goal or a little bit more than a field goal. And what I think it comes down to is they also have the over-under at 56, which I think is quite a few points. I think if KU plays well defensively, which 
I mean, the Baylor offense hasn't looked that great. They lost to Duke. Um, they beat a couple other um, not quite as good teams. Mm-hmm. So if they can keep it a low-scoring game, I think KU has a, a chance to win. Um, I'm not going to go out there as confidently and say KU is going to win. I think the competition we've played has been a little bit um, subpar for the, for their name. I mean, it obviously Rutgers is a Big Ten team, but they've been a bottom feeder of the, of the Big Ten, kind of like KU's been at the bottom of the Big 12. And then Central Michigan lost a lot of talent from last year, their quarterback, their tight end, a lot of their defensive players. And so they were just right for the picking. So I'm not trying to, to throw water on the KU's uh, squad right now. I, I think they definitely have a good op- opportunity to win. Um, but if I'm a, if I'm a betting man, I think that they might just uh, fall short. Mm. Um, but I definitely am rooting for them to get that W. As am I. I really want this coaching staff and team to get a big win. I think it's really important for them when you're thinking long-term uh, stability. But, um, yeah, moving on, we have a nice matchup. I've already alluded to Cowboys-Seahawks. Seahawks are really reeling. It doesn't look like they've got a ton of talent Russell Wilson doesn't have a ton of time to make decisions, and he's already kind of an indecisive quarterback. Is that defense just going to rattle Seattle in Seattle? Rattle Seattle in Seattle. I love it. Um, You look at this game just looking at Cowboys versus Seahawks, and you're like, man, this is going to be a tough game for the Cowboys to win. But just kind of like with that Blake Bortles mentality of what you think he is but what reality is, I think it's the same thing with the Seahawks. When you say the term Seahawks, you think of a good Super Bowl winning team recently, but they're not that team anymore. That defense is a shell of itself. Russell Wilson is doing things by himself with his best wide receiver named Tyler Lockett. And so I think the Cowboys, with how well their defense has been playing, will uh, shut down Russell Wilson for the most part. They'll get a couple of scores, but I think this is going to be a lot like that Giants game where the Giants have a lot of offensive firepower, but it gets shut down by the defense, Cowboys defense that is, and I do think the Cowboys win this. Heck yeah. And then in regards to the Packers-Redskins, I'll take uh, the reins on that. I think it's going to be a relatively high-scoring game, probably 31-24, 31-27 with the Packers ultimately coming out on top. But I think you can look for Chris Thompson, Jordan Reed, and Jamison Crowder for the first time in a while, all having relatively productive days. And Alex Smith seems to be kind of a, a surefire quarterback against the Packers. He's just kind of dinks and dumps, completes a lot of passes, and it's kind of the weakness for our defense. Uh, I don't really think the I don't think AP is gonna necessarily do much against us. Although historically he has, so that'll be interesting to see. But Rodgers does step it up when he plays against Alex Smith. I was just gonna say, yeah, they kind of have that uh, history mm-hmm. with being in the same draft class. Uh, when the, when did they play last? Do you know? Did they play each other last year, Chiefs and and Packers? I can't remember. Chiefs Packers, they definitely didn't play in Kansas City. Maybe they played in Green Bay. You would have went to that game. I, I would have gone to the game. I think two years ago they played. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'd love to look at their splits, but I would assume that Rodgers probably owns that split. Yeah, pretty he well. definitely does. I will also take the Packers. Um, I don't know if it'll be quite as high scoring. I think the Packers are going to try and work in the running game a little bit more, see what mm-hmm. they have in Aaron Williams. Jones, uh, see what they have with Williams. Um, obviously, he's uh, been there, but um, I think it might be a little bit. Uh, maybe more like 24, 24, 17, something like that. Mm. Uh, Redskins, they're they're just kind of there. I don't, I don't yeah. know what to say about the Redskins. They're just kind of a team that they're going to win some games, they're going to lose some games. If they finish 6-10, 7-9, I wouldn't be surprised. So yeah. this is a game that the Packers should win. I think they do win after tying the Vikings. 
Definitely. Yeah, and Aaron Jones, I'm super stoked to see him. McCarthy's talking that it's going to be a lot of Williams and a lot of Montgomery too. So Montgomery could be kind of a flyer if you're really looking for somebody. He catches passes. He can. I really like it when he runs too. He's kind of got a different running style. But I'm an Aaron Jones truther, so I hope he gets some run this weekend Same. for sure. Um, and then lastly, before we wrap up this 17th episode of the Get Stark podcast, we're going to throw out some names for you to look out for this weekend and uh robbie who you got well we talked uh, briefly about that kansas city defense and how it just has gotten torched Mm. they've been winning uh but they've also been giving up a lot of points yeah they have 49ers face them this week and i'm definitely on the jimmy garoppolo and hopefully as long as he's healthy marcus marquise goodwin train is he back so he has been practicing so all systems go most likely for him to play. We'll have to obviously check that on Sunday. Um, but I just think that's a deep threat against those Kansas City corners who are, are I mean, there's no Marcus Peters like there was last year. Yeah, they're um, bad. If Eric Berry's out, you know, that's all the more uh, good one for me. So I'm definitely looking for Mar- Marquise Goodwin to uh, score some points. We talked about Clement before. J.J. Uh, is out. Darren Spol- Darren Sproles is iffy, so give me Clement again against the Colts defense. All day. And then Chris Hogan with the Pats. Um, I just think he scored two touchdowns against a tough Jags defense. We were just talking about how good that Jags defense is. Chris Hogan managed to find the end zone twice. Um, For as much as I ragged on Tom Brady and the Patriots earlier, I do still think they're an offense that scores. So um, I think Hogan will find the end zone, maybe get five catches, 60 yards, and a touchdown. So... Those are my three names to look for this week. I like it. Yeah, I will definitely echo the Clement prediction. I'm all in on him. We also found out earlier today that Delvin Cook is out this week. So if you've got Latavius Murray, fire him up. I like Jordan Howard a ton this week. Uh, They're going against the Cardinals. I think he's just going to dominate and get a lot of action in that passing game too. And then also a guy that I've, you know, I drafted him in a league because I, I just like him. He actually looked good late last year, Austin Eckler. He, he plays a lot, and the Chargers are going against the, the Rams, and I think they're going to be down, and I think they're going to pass a lot. So look for Eckler to stay active in that passing game, get some action. And, uh, yeah, we hope you guys enjoy this week three of football. I think there's going to be a lot of action, a lot of points scored, and hopefully a lot of victories when it comes to your teams and your fantasy teams. Robbie, appreciate you stopping by again, my man. Absolutely, man. It's always good to talk a little bit of NFL and KU football. Absolutely. And with a win over the Bears, we'll be back next week. All right. Thanks a lot, guys, for your time. We will catch you next week. Have a great weekend. Bye-bye.